What's up, folks? Episode 283 of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. We are live tonight. The crew is here. I, I don't see Damien. Well, so everybody besides Damien, maybe he'll jump in. I haven't heard from him today, but, you know, he's busy and, uh, you know, putting his good out in the world as a therapist and a life coach. So definitely hit him up if you're in need of services, especially right now during the quarantine and everything. Everybody can use a little bit of that. But, uh, yes, we're here tonight. We got a lot to talk about wrestling, a lot of breaking news. But before we even get started, before we even introduce anybody on the show, I have got to say really quick, you all got to put some respect on my man Jamal's name because some news came out this week. (laughs) And Jamal been preaching this for, like, the longest about ways – WWE can really work within the quarantine, uh, utilize the area within the state of Florida, obviously, and really put on a better show. And and again, some news came out, seen across Twitter, but it was no surprise because you heard it here first if you've been tuning in. But nonetheless, yes, I'm definitely giving my claps to my man Jamal for definitely making sure he on top of his game, and at this point now he needs, needs he just needs to get a job. Put him put him in your creative room. Put him in your business meetings. Like consult him if you want a good product. But man, got some ideas out there. So yeah, but to that point, let's actually talk about that news. And Will, since you kind of brought it to my attention first of it coming out, let's just go about that really quick. Yeah, so we had breaking news today that WWE, I guess it should be imminently announced. Maybe they're saving it tomorrow night for SmackDown, but they are finally going to leave the Performance Center and SummerSlam will be the first event supposedly happening at the Amway Arena in uh, Orlando. So we're going to be back to a full-size arena and not stuck in the Performance Center as we have been. Apparently, NXT TakeOver is still going to emanate from Full Sail. So SummerSlam will be the first event happening back in a regular arena. There are not going to be fans there. It's still going to be a closed show. They'll bring in people from, uh, you know, NXT and all that like they've been doing. But they will be in a big building. So I'm guessing that means they can probably have a big entranceway and make it look a little like how it used to and... Who knows? Hopefully this is possibly the first steps of easing back into a larger scale show and doing something where we can maybe eventually have some fans in there. If you're in a big building, you can spread people out like Jamal was saying when he first brought up this whole darn idea. But it begins at SummerSlam, and I think they're also going to have that week's Raw and SmackDown there. But the possibilities are definitely interesting because the Amway Arena is empty for the rest of the year. So WWE is in a very interesting spot here. Yep. All right, Jamal, your idea. What do you think about hearing the news now and and put this more into uh, the, the painting into a, a canvas now? How how does this have to be done? Um. Well, first of all, what the hell took them so long? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the biggest thing. It, it's not that like, you know, the the Amway Center or the Sun Dome at USF, or the Tampa Bay Times Forum in, in, in Tampa, uh, or a number of different venues, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the fact that they're available. 
because you still need people to run the place. And, you know, you need the engineers, you need, you know, maybe not the concessioners, but you need security there. You need the parking attendants. You need everything that will logistically power and operate the building. How much does that cost? Is that viable? Um, and obviously WWE made it work with the people that own the building. Okay, cool. So the biggest thing for me isn't necessarily filling the space, you know, uh, 15, 16,000 seat arena, 17,000 and change with fans. And it's filling every square inch of it with, with fans and, and stuff like that that you know. But as we've seen with the NBA, as we've seen with the NHL, and as we've seen with baseball, there is a way to dress up the empty building to make it feel more personable. And so don't be surprised if you see another small, um, you know, video board that may be opposite the hard cam. Maybe, don't be surprised if you see them, you know, gussy up the Amway Center, uh, you know, in, in a different way. And then, of course, as we've seen in AEW, when before they allowed any fans in there, they introduced Matt Hardy by, you know, videotaping a thing in different sections of the arena to make it look like he teleported uh, down. I, th I think they can, they have a lot more free reign to get a lot uh, more creative sooner than they would in like the mom's basement, which is known as the performance center. <laughs> it's the gym. Do not pretend that, you know, Fight Island is the same thing as Planet Fitness. They both have a boxing ring in it, but one is obviously different than the other. And uh, hopefully WWE has a lot more creative pool to uh, to get it done. With that said, it's still WWE. And, you know, getting more pyro and more, um, you know, visuals really won't help a bad product. And if you like WWE for whatever reason, if you're intrigued by their storylines and you think that that shit is good, good for you. You're among a few that watch it. But it's not, you can't blame everything on the empty arena or what, what, what a pop would have sound like when this thing happened. WWE still isn't creating any of those moments that deserve that kind of a pop. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it for WrestleMania. They didn't do it for, you know, uh, Money in the Bank. I mean, they arguably did it for um, uh, the, the Boner uh, match. They did it and, uh, you know, for a couple other things, the cinematic matches that they've been doing, um, the Firefly Funhouse match. You know, those things, their best work wouldn't have happened with the crowd anyway because they were pre-taped cinematic matches. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing is for the Amway Center is that I really hope that WWE doesn't just use this to go back to normal and present the old stuff. You can't do that right now. This is still not a normal time, especially since everything's normal but the fans. So please, Jesus, don't bring Steve Austin out there <laughs> to call the response uh, spots with the crowd. Um, that's That ain't it. So uh, good for WWE. Hopefully this, you know, it would be interesting that they put SummerSlam there since obviously they could have easily just stolen GCW's idea and drove down to Daytona and put the damn thing there. Um, but instead of doing that, they decided to move into the building. A question I ask you guys is, do you think that the Amway Center would give them like some kind of residency deal? Like, you know, stars have in Vegas 
you know, yeah. Britney Spears performing at the MGM or Copperfield at Mandalay Bay. WWE Free Britney. Free Britney. Hashtag Free Britney. Keep on. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that could be a very interesting thing as venues look to field spaces. And and if you are, you know, a show, as we've seen with popular independent shows where they run two or three consecutive places in a row, yeah, I'm interested to see if the Amway Center, you know, kind of partners with WWE for some kind of residency deal because it's, it, it you know, what will that look like? Mm-hmm. And before I get too optimistic about the hype, and them putting together uh, an arena show, I'm going to be damn disappointed if they come back with the same set. Yeah, I mean, at this point now, you got to get creative. Um, two things that really stuck out to me about what you said is that you can't go back to the same because, regardless, in this in 2020, it should have been the ultimate eye opener of how you have to re- revamp, revitalize, or repackage whatever it may be the way of doing things. The, there's no such thing as normal. The new norm is where everything is going forward with. So, you know, hopefully by now this decision makes them open up their eyes of saying, well, how can we, you know, produce the product different, better moving forward? And not just a way of saying like, well, we did it that way. Now we have a place to do it that way. Again, let's go back. Hopefully, you know, we don't, but then again, I'm not really a person to blame Vince McMahon on, on stuff, but then we know old man Vince has his way of thinking and that's just how he wants to do it. Um, so there's always that danger. But, yes, I like the idea of the residency because, uh, yes, the magic isn't playing there. There's no concerts happening there. Mm-hmm. Might as well make a deal to bring in some, some money into that arena. And I, I, at, at this point now, I mean, some money's better than none. So I think WWE definitely gets a good opportunity here uh, that works out. And then residency is the good word to use here because you want to do – you want to create – you know, in air quotation marks, a bubble here uh, for them to be able to use a staffing comes in and out only approved staffing. That way you, you know, you, you can properly test and keep things contained and, and, um, and, you know, no, no silliness or, or is happening within it. And I think it also creates a better work environment for others to want to work anyway, too. And then, you know, moving forward, this does, this can create some in, in, integrity with the fans to want to come back because there's more space for seating and you can properly practice social distancing. So there's a lot of good there. And then with social distancing may open up the opportunity for what, what uh, arenas bank on the most. And that's the concessions. There may be an opportunity to rework that in. So who knows? Well, I mean, I think that's putting the cart before the horse, because when you talk about uh, things like concessions and bathrooms and stuff like that, these are intimate experiences by nature. You have right. to go to somebody and have this, mm-hmm. you, know, in, you know, intimacy that really isn't permitted right now because of the plague. Mm-hmm. Same thing with going to the bathroom. I don't right. care how many toilets you have. Somebody standing next to somebody else at the urinal, at the uh, urinal, right yeah. here, is not is not the look. Right. So, right. you know, obviously, social distancing definitely goes beyond just seating people in different rows or whatever, uh, they need to make sure that the, since they are in an enclosed, um, you know, space, you know, how does air quality and airflow have to, you know, what does the HVAC have to do with it? You know, they need to get a virologist and an epidemiologist into the building and say that, like, yo, the way the air blows in this building is conducive or not to spreading anything. Um, 
because, you know, 10,000 screening fans, which is still a little bit more than half of the building, is still 10,000 potential, uh, you know, infectees for everything. So that, that's a different problem. But even still, I think if they get they capped it at 5,000 um, in a 16,000 seat building for an, a concert configuration, that's still a hell of a lot better than they were with Shotzi Blackheart yelling behind a hockey glass. And <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it would be a night and day difference after this long. It would be like a night and day difference, even with us, even with like a thousand people in there, just to have some people in there and just some ambiance, just some atmosphere would make a world a difference. I mean, I think the biggest thing is this provides them with space to work with. So if they want to eventually bring people in and spread them out, they can. Apparently, AEW last night at uh, Daly's Place had a limited number of people in there. I think about 150. So they had a small amount of folks up in there that they were letting in. And I think with the larger venue, there's ways to play around with it. There's ways to experiment with it. But I think the the key is we got to ease very slow into this over in Japan on the show's new Japan's just starting back up. Now they're telling people not to cheer. They had some kind of app for the shows this weekend that they created for like the fans to like push a button on the app and it would like cheer or boo for them through like some computer <laughs> system. They set up, yeah. like, they're, they're getting creative with like all kinds of weird stuff like that over here. I can't see that working because people are just too darn up in their own business and everybody's like, nah, I'm going to go up, especially down in Florida. This folks ain't going to push no button on a phone. So I don't think that yeah, would work uh, over here. Apparently for Korean baseball, there is an app where you could cheer on you know, the stadium, uh, uh, your, your team, and there's a giant, it's basically tug of war, and there's a giant needle that moves back and forth with mm. what, what percentage <laughs> of um, the fans are cheering for things. So it's almost like watching a focus group line where you see like <laughs> nothing and then blip. Oh, it's a hit or nothing strikeout and it goes up and and so on. So that's actually you know pretty cool for an inning. Um, as far as uh, WWE doing it, I think this is a baby step. You know, obviously moving into Vince's garage at the Performance Center is as is just necessary. They had to do something, but moving into the Amway Center, I think is step one. And if this isn't part of a multi-step master plan to get over the next year or two in this, you know, time of the plague that we live in, uh, then they're then they're just dumber than I thought they were. But realistically, they need to come up with a number, a magic number, where they can have as many fans as possible while allowing for social distancing and quality of life services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I go to the venue and I got to wait an hour to go to the bathroom because you're only allowing one person at a time in there and somebody just had Chipotle, I'm not going to want to go. Let me ask you another question from a business standpoint, then. What's next here? They secure the deal. They run shows. Well, said, yeah, it's step one. So it's step right. one is secure the Amway Center. Step right. two is secure a bigger venue. And okay. the bigger venue, the Citrus Bowl, which is in Orlando as, as well. So if you're just sticking with Orlando and you have the Royal Rumble, which is coming up in January, it's 75 degrees in January in mm-hmm. Florida. They could absolutely have their bigger uh, pay-per-view with their bigger, uh, you know, uh, with a bigger space to work bigger magic. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, that bleeds into next year. So 
if if they're not going to have Bash at the Beach on the beach, then the next or SummerSlam on the, you know on the beach, then the next thing they can have it you know to do is create this space, and this eventually will lead into the next WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania which is supposed to be in Englewood. If they should have could do what I said they should have done then, and that is create this space. If you're not going to fill it with fans, fill it with something. And they didn't do that in the performance center. They just brought in a smoke machine and some neon lights. <laughs> so, Jamal, let me ask this question, though. So sure. let, let's put our futuristic hat on, right? So Uh-oh. do you think and, – and I want to see what you think. So by making this move, it just made me think about something when you said the Citrus Bowl, right? So mm-hmm. around that time of the Citrus Bowl, normally in the normal calendar, you have your Super Bowl – your college football championships, in which we know college football is on a different wave right now. Yeah, the NFL is still trying right. to. The NFL is on the. You know, we'll see how they go stage. But could this be a bigger avenue where Vince McMahon could try to use this in a cat where I've had the biggest event that that killed COVID or say that it's going to be gone with COVID by having the Royal Rumble full capacity at the Citrus Bowl next year? Okay, well, here's the thing. Uh, well, full capacity. Let's not bank on that because of Florida. So <laughs> let's, let's just go ahead and squash any idea of a max capacity anything in Florida. Whoa, there whoa, be- that's that's kind of a that's kind of a backwards thing. You mean like it shouldn't happen, but it is Florida where it might happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> it shouldn't happen and it won't happen because Florida's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the reason why, because they get opportunities to do stuff like that and everyone pursues it. So, so here's the thing, uh, you know, you do, let's say that you do have the Royal Rumble and the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Um, if, if they allow it, and if you're the owners of the stadium, whoever owns the stadium, whether it's a city or, you know, a private owner or whatever, you know that college football is a wrap. Mm-hmm. And the University of Central Florida, which I believe uses the Citrus Bowl to play in in Orlando, that's not that's not going to happen. That's a wrap. You know that concerts, generally speaking, not going to use a stadium that large, if anything, mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. you're Chris Jericho, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so the only thing that you have going is WWE. Could you imagine being an event planner right now? And then WWE says, let's talk. I mean, you would hang up on the president if you're an event planner and events are coming to you. Mm. So Seriously. Yeah. So right now, I feel for all the hotel event planners and, and, and stuff like that, you know, that are trying to do a thing and, and plan events that aren't happening, whether they're weddings or mitzvahs or conferences. They're nothing's happening. And WWE says, let's talk. Exactly. You're going to jump on it. <laughs> right. You're going to absolutely jump on it. So don't be surprised as we have a precedent set with the stadium stampede in AEW, an empty arena or an empty stadium, football stadium size match can happen because it already has to great success. So what would that look like if they had World War Three inside of um, the Citrus Bowl? You know? <laughs> I mean, or, or something, or, or or whatever they need to do, whatever it was. It doesn't have to be one of the big four. But what if if they actually built something? My God, WWE has a chance to create something. I, Ain't that a bitch? 
I, the sky is really the limit because yeah. Lord knows, look at all the damn money they've saved not touring not running these shows they just had that darn quarterly report and they are making money hand over fist they are sitting on so much damn money where it's like if they really want to go overboard and make something ridiculous in a stadium setting or even an arena setting they could do it how they could yeah. use the whole damn floor of the arena because they're not worrying about seats down there so right. hell go go crazy Someone right. you know a crazy what, idea for something. You know what I'm thinking, too? I don't think it's a bad idea to secure the arena for next year. I mean, why not? Well. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you, you're definitely buying low for potential to come out high. If things right. somehow gets better, then you've already set the deal. The contract's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then you probably can add some insurance on it for all intents and purposes, like, you know, WrestleMania uh, uh, vendors had to do. So yeah. there's, there's, there's definitely a, a, a lot of good opportunity for them having the extra money, uh, having these surrounding places. And, God, when you think about it, you're like, well, especially with basketball arenas, if, if the basketball arenas aren't being used, then you got ample opportunities there. And then football, God knows how, that, how, how that's going to work. It, it's just a lot of opportunities for them to think ahead of time, making an advancement move like this in the Amway Center. So, you know, but this, be, is, but this is exactly what I said last week. The Tropicana Field should be the home of the Royal Rumble this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, it, if, it's the, if it's the scheme that they've been running the last uh, few Royal Rumbles, so yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, but Royal Rumble is is, the, is that big of an event that you create, like, that you want, you know, for something like that? Yeah. Uh, Tropicana Field is a large venue space, as it is a football and baseball stadium. Yeah. And it's not too far away in St. Petersburg. Not that travel is an issue for WWE. Yeah. Uh, and, and they could absolutely make that work and, and, and set an ambiance because you have a roof, a very low roof, too, where you can just do things with you can just it, it's like building for a theater. And if you've ever seen like play construction, you know how they do that stuff for, you know, a theater for a theatrical performance. WWE is no different. Yeah. And the only difference is, is that there's a ring in the middle and there's, a, there's an entry ramp. That's it. So hopefully they can make it work. I'm actually very interested to see what happens, but my hopes not going to get too far off the ground. <laughs> okay. So this Saturday, August 15th, news have also come out. Something that I don't even know. We kind of talked about this a lot, too, actually. Um, but now news has broke. Come August 15th, this Saturday, that new content is coming to, to the WWE Network. Evolve Progress, WSW, and ICW, all feeder systems into NXT, WWE, uh, however it may be. But yes, now you'll be able to watch content from these independent promotions on the WWE Network before I even go any further. It's, what's negative about this? If there is, if you guys feel there's anything negative about this, because apparently a lot of people aren't happy about this. And when I say people, I definitely mean fans. Uh, but <laughs> are you all seeing anything negative out of this? Yeah, I mean, the, well, the first thing is it, it's it's a problem because it reinforces WWE's being the Walmart of wrestling and how they come in and they run over a small mom and pop business and then they put their stank on it. And I'm not saying that, you know, the network needs a shot in the arm uh, from the WCW stuff, the ECW stuff, and their back catalog and new content to their largest audience, America, is a good thing. But 
the biggest problem is the things that made WXW and like there was 16 uh, karat gold um, tournament, which is fantastic. Um, the things that make uh, you know, ICW and Progress Special don't involve WWE. So what is WWE? How does WWE you know hype it? Oh, go see Keith Lee versus you know Pete Dunne from Progress. Oh, go see this and, and that, and and that's that's it. Kind of just leaves a bitter you know taste in your mouth where you just go like, okay, this is what I want to see, but it, I don't want you get your hands off of it, Vince. Here's my here's my thing. I mean, obviously, a lot of their main talent has worked the indies, no matter where it may be. Mm-hmm. But these are the most, you know, uh, these these are the ones that they work with, obviously. And see, these are some of the most iconic of the indie promotions. So they already use the videos for vignette packages, you know, hyping a person up when they're not when they're signed or matches or whatever it may be. Why not give? the whole library for mm-hmm. people to watch. And to a really point, uh, interesting point that I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Jamal, I was like, you've been saying for a while that the network doesn't have content. Well, here is a whole library of content right at your fingertips now. And I mean, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, these, uh, I was going to say events, but some of these, uh, they're not pay-per-views, what would you call them? Yeah, some of these independent uh, promotion events, you only can find on DVDs. So that means that you got to know somebody knows to, to get this and to be able to get it digitally, uh, which, you know, whoever were the people that was doing the job of getting this all digitized has off to them uh, because I, that's definitely a pain. But nonetheless, I mean, it's just more content for the network It's more publicity for the workers. Uh, it, it does help bridge the idea of who some of these people are before they actually got the WWE. And it's just, it, it centralizes it all in one place. I don't think this, is a WWE like influence move? Like it's going to be like branded. Everything's going to be covered up with WWE brands or something of that sort. Nothing wild or drastic like that. I just think it's this more good content now, all available for the network. So, well, this is how I'm looking at it. Right now, they're putting up back catalog. They're putting up specific shows. They're putting up, you know, uh, some uh, compilations. They're going to put up like best of Drew McIntyre and mm-hmm. Evolve and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But everything they're putting up right now is back catalog they're not putting up like okay this coming weekend we're gonna have wxw live on the wwe network they're not going that route yet if you're just putting up events that already happened i'm all for it what's the i don't see what the problem is i don't see what the hurt is you're just putting up you know stuff that's already been done it's in the can where it gets tricky is if it turns into a deal where it's like okay now we're gonna put your new stuff up live or something like that and it goes up with an expectation of, well, you're on the WWE network now, you got to do things this way. And there's yeah. already been, you know, talk yeah. about that. Okay. With the, with, you know, there's already been talk with like, you know, okay, you can't hire certain people or you can't, you know, have certain people on your cards, you know, because of these companies being affiliated with WWE. So there had already been that to begin with, but it turns into a deal like when ECW in the late 90s was kind of falling apart, Vince was giving them money under the table. And obviously, if you're giving people money to stay in business, there's always going to be a little bit of an expectation that comes with that, whether it's going to be you're going to feed your stars to me when they outgrow this. You're going to be my satellite feeder system or something like that, or you're going to have to do business in a certain way. So you get in bed with the devil. You got to know what you're getting in for. But by that same token, I'm looking like, hey, if I'm at WXW, if I'm Progress, if I'm any of these companies, 
you're getting a lot of damn exposure out of this deal that you would not otherwise be getting. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of people that are going to see this stuff that would not otherwise ever see it. So, Matt, it's a trade-off. Not a sell. Let's get in here. Yeah, I, I'm going to add a video game reference to it. And, and everybody likes to have choices of different dynamics of what they do. But let's take you back to 2005 when the NFL and EA Sports did an exclusive deal with Madden. And a lot of people were mad that NFL 2K wasn't going to be a game anymore. Um, it's just a monopolizing system that our system is going to take part of. And when you do a monopolized system, well, you said it on point. It just gives a market for you to maximize with just one company. And what you don't want that one company to do is mess up a product that had its own vision from before. And that's what the NFL did with Madden. People was like, oh, why I'm going to lose NFL 2K. But Madden, love it or hate it, is going to be a routine thing that people are going to buy. And you're just hoping that the NFL making that exclusive deal with them it won't downplay of how Madden will be or is Madden going to be lazy in their game development. And you don't want WWE to take away the, exclu- the exclusive content or the style that Evolve has mm-hmm. or all these other promotions. And you, you know how WWE is when they try to make it their way is not the same. So once again, I don't see a problem with it. It's just a business move of what you do to monopolize. But um, it, it, that's that's the story what it is right now. What, T-Mobile and Sprint just monopolized together? I mean, it's, it's going to happen more and more. Well, I was going to say, yeah, again, just to reframe what I was saying, bringing in the library and making special collections, that's all cool. I'm all for all the publicity with that. And as a person who has the network, I'm definitely happy to be able to go back and watch some old uh, progress and evolve. Again, if you don't have a DVD person, then you may not be seeing any of these things. (laughs) But to, to, to the sample is the sample dosage we have of their live events evolve well Shashi definitely gave us an indication of what she does on the indies outside of what she does in nxt and by that sample dose of, of that dive outside of the of the ring on the evolve show you know which was on the network that doesn't seem to have wwe influence on it now if they still can keep that magic of how these promotions would make them special and do live shows, and it's just used as a platform, then that's fine. But if it does have WWE influence, then obviously, you know, back to Twitter, let it let it all burn again, you know? Go ahead, Jamal. So the, so the reason why I say that this is problematic is because of the monopolization of the uh, European wrestling scene. That's why it's in the state that it's in now, and the fact that WWE has bundled it into a you know, digestible palette for Americans kind of is kind of BS after that, you know? So if I'm a guy in Europe and it's like, you know, that, that has gone from the show and then, you know, big money has taken it over. It's kind of, it loses a bit of its luster. But aside from that, we don't know how this deal came about. We don't know if the Indies sold out. We don't know if they were promised this from the beginning for the exposure. I mean, granted, if you do have WWE influence and that kind of, you know, vets you as a legitimate company. So now progress bigger than anything that they uh, have been before has the largest exposure in America, uh, you know, bigger than they've ever had. So because of this, was that the deal that they signed on for when they signed on with WWE, hoping that they would get bigger exposure into other uh, territories? Or was it WWE saying that, hey, we need to combat, you know, uh, AEW and also 
you rein in the competition in Europe. And that's kind of what they did with when they, by galvanizing the UK scene, as we've already seen where they limited what wrestlers can do and where they can work and show in all of a sudden they have to pull out of a show and you can't work this match with this guy and stuff like that. It is the tip of the iceberg because usually when a company merges like Sprint and T-Mobile, the one that buys the other one doesn't usually doesn't let the other one keep their name. So I just hope for the sake of, uh, of the workers and the fans over there in Europe, that this is just, it's mutually beneficial that they didn't, yeah. that these guys didn't sign this deal for nothing. Yep. Yep. But Vince is going to Vince, so. And, and at the same time, too, I still look at it as an idea of, like, if these companies, if it was the idea of them having their own streaming service, it just would never compete. You know, even other major promotions who have streaming services, it just doesn't compete with the WWE Network. So if this is a way for them to get publicity, for them to get, you know, some type yeah. of uh, some type of monitor or compensation for the streams or you know percent uh ownership of the of the network or something of that sort you know then good yeah. because it's it's easy it's it's free content for them it's a library nonetheless that's the biggest thing we know WWE progress progressively was trying to get uh impacts or TNA's library at a point so they we know there's value there and again, it just for WWE, what they do so well in their video packages, being able to have that library accessible for them to do so only makes marketing better for them on the other end. So I, I definitely can see how it could be a win-win. But to your point, typically when it's a juggernaut talking to ants, it could be a, a hostile stronghold of some sort. So, you know, hopefully it's just all worked out on, on, on for everybody, for all parties involved here. Um but anyway, yeah, so we're going to be coming up on our halftime of the show uh, once we uh, get past high-low cameo. If you've never been a part of that, we got some more to talk about AEW news and just some other random news in the world of wrestling. Hey, this is 2 Chains, the host of the BGB podcast. Be sure to visit us on YouTube and subscribe for additional content. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Go Belt podcast on iTunes and all audio platforms. Visit BigGoBeltGroup.com, the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs. And connect with us on all social media platforms. But yes, if this is your first time listening in, Hello Cameo is our what we call our halftime, our break time, where we have a little bit fun, uh, kind of ease up off the topics a little bit, and a little game that we play. Jamal's the host of it; he's the creator of it. Um, not Cameo, but the game. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the creator of Cameo. So yeah, that's that's how we're getting funded here. <laughs> but no, um, I'll hand it over to Jamal, and he can explain how this works. So yeah, I'm going to pick a wrestler. And today, this week, I picked Elias Samson um, because he's on Cameo. And he <laughs> charges a price for him to greet you or answer your questions or sing to you. Um, he's done a couple. And shocker, he has his guitar. So Elias Samson this week charges a price. Does Elias Samson charge more or less than Jessamyn Duke? Oh. 
to walk with Elias or walk with former Ultimate Fighter star Jessamyn Duke? Less. Hmm. She she knows all about digital marketing. She is a avid Twitch streamer, so she knows all That's about right. bringing in money right. when it comes to stuff digitally. Not so even. That, so you're saying that Jessamyn Duke is charging more than Elias Sampson? Yep. I'm gonna say less. I'm gonna say less too because I don't see her as much of a name as him being on the main roster and everything. I know she's into all that. So she's, she's definitely a streamer and all that. And she knows her stuff, but unless she really overvalues her name, I got to go lower. I got to go lower. Yeah. I mean, to be fair on her cameo, it does say WWE superstar, but to your point, Will, I don't know who the hell she is. So, (laughs) uh, and that makes sense. Because uh, she is at nineteen dollars, she oh. is charging less than Elias Sampson. Wow! Okay. Not even twenty. So I have a twenty back. Change back on a Jackson. Uh, but uh, this is a WWE star that I do know. Donovan Dijakovic. Oh. Oh. Now, last time when we featured him, you know, he was a steal. Uh, basically, and but now it's been some time, and maybe he's risen his price. Is he charging? Should he charge? But is he charging more than Elias Sampson? And is, Elias is injured, right? Yep. Yeah, Elias so. ain't even been on TV. He's probably doing cameos all the time. Right. <laughs> he, he got time. He, he's definitely got time. <laughs> he's a, that's added money for him. Added right. value. Uh, Die Jack. I can't see Dijak charging more than whatever Elias is charging. I got to go lower. Like you said, should be charging higher, but he will be charging lower. I think he's. I think he has not changed his price, and still, and and that is still being lower. Uh, yeah, you're right. He has not changed his price, and at fifteen dollars, <laughs> uh, Dijak is charging uh, lower than uh, Jessamyn Duke and Elias Sampson. Wow. So, a steal, uh, you know, I might add. Elias Sampson or Dexter Loomis sticking with NXT? Yeah, we are all over NXT tonight. All over it. Now, Dexter Loomis is an interesting one because he's a guy who's really only just kind of become a name in NXT in the last maybe month and a half. He's just kind of coming up on the scene, just got hurt. Again, I cannot imagine he's charging more than Elias. I can't envision it in any possible way, but you never know. We've seen crazier things on High Low Cameo. Uh, Lower. I'm going to go lower still. Yeah, it's lower? Like who? Besides, like, watch NST, who? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right, but to be fair, the NXT marks are marks, and you know, Loomis is like one of the guys that they're pushing. But at forty-five dollars, he's not charged as much as Elias Sampson. There we go. Okay, up yeah, to forty-five I mean, now. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, Elias Sampson or Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash. Oh, now we're getting real money. Okay. Now we're getting serious business. Is push involved? No. Okay. Now we're getting serious business because Nash, he don't strike me as he's going to do it for cheap. 
Nope. He's 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 got he's gonna have a little bit of value on it, but I also don't think he's gonna be totally ridiculous about it because he's looking to make some money, but he can, ain't looking can, to do it all the time. Can I can I say something real quick? Yeah. Forget WWE marks. Magic Mike Nash. No. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. There's a, there's a whole bunch of parents right now that is hitting that up. So he is by far charging way more than yeah. the last hit. I gotta go. I think I finally gotta go more. Nash's body of work. I gotta yeah. Super Shredder is charging more. <laughs> Forgot about well, that. Uh, you know, I, I say Nash because obviously Nash is a definitely a bigger name within wrestling. He's certainly a bigger name on in, in, in most of pop culture. But Kevin Nash is Charging a hundred and five dollars more, and that is more than Elias Sampson. Mm-hmm. I got my, I got my the other price. way. So yeah. one hundred and five, interesting price from Nash. I would there. think a two hundred for him. I'm wondering if there's something about cashing out in certain states, and people are trying to make like solid bucks, so they're like weighing out like the taxes out of it with the with charging. So five dollars is probably like service fee and some type of tax so that he gets out of even hundred or something in the end i could see that i could see that yeah um i mean that that does make sense and i wonder how much of that would be taxes income you know like those things but um but that's interesting uh which i guess is why shotzi blackheart is charging an interesting price but is she charging more than elias samson Ooh, it's always tricky when we get with the ladies I think they are very close. I'm going to say I think Shotzi's less, but not by much. Yeah, I agree. She I was going to say the exact same thing. She just created her, so I'm pretty sure she's just getting a feel, but she is one charismatic woman. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that she's going to sell herself short at first. Mm-hmm. I would love to come back and revisit how much she is in like a month. I'm That's gonna only going to go up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to guess lower for now. Okay. Uh, Shotzi is a steal at $59, mm. which is an interesting price because it's not an even number. It's just 59 you know, the price of your next Madden game. <laughs> <laughs> not next gen. I think next gen is, what? what is it, $80 now? It won't yeah, be good. Is yeah. it $80 for next gen game? I think, I think it's it it 70 or 80 Yeah. Won't Either way, it's about, it's about $80 too much. It is yeah. worth it. True that. <laughs> okay, so the last one. Elias Sampson charges a price, but is he charging more than Sonya Deville, who uses her real name, Daria Baronado? Mm, these are very comparable people in my head. No push, right? I, I no am going to say Sonya is charging more. I don't think it's much more, but I think she's charging more. I'm going to still say Sonya charges less. I am going to say I'm going to say push here. There is no push. no push. She said no push. I'm going to say more than okay. a little more. Like I said, little... more but not by much. That's my yeah. thinking. So the two that were closest were Elias Sampson and Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash charges 105. Elias Sampson charges 100 bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, hundred bucks for Elias. 
Daria Baranato charges $175. Ooh, okay. total, total Divas money. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yep. yep. And oddly enough, uh, you know, uh, Sonya Deville charges more than Matt Hardy, Rikichi, Kevin Owens, Billy Kay, Matthew Riddle, and Bret Hart. Mm. Oh, God. And, and, the, and the thing is, I mean, cameos is easy work, especially in the quarantine. Yeah. You charge too much, you don't get no service. If you charge just the good well, let's price, MJF or, or or Bliss. Yeah, yeah you you won't yo know, Bliss or Antonio. Well, <laughs> I, I really uh, hope Antonio sets up a cameo so we can ask him what the hell he's thinking. Definitely money to be made there. Absolutely. Definitely money to be made. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta chalk Sonya up to the total divas exposure. Gotta be. She and she that, that she's got that outside mainstream WWE thing going on with that. And hell, she probably had Natalia and all them else on that show telling her, "Now nah, you you need to up that price. You, you can't yep. be coming in low on this once you on here." Yep. Hey, uh, like, hey, Antonio, uh, you can ask him to uh <laughs> to help you uh, put on with another girl just to get shot down. But hey, Antonio, I need you to pitch a shot for me for this girl. Look, average people like that can definitely make some money if, if pets are on there. But if, yeah, I, if his cameo was I paid four hundred dollars to uh, to ask Bliss out. Help me make my money back by me talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> Have Antonio tell you what not to do right. in these situations. <laughs> All right, that is, that is my little cameo for this week. There we go. All right. Now, let's get to the second half of the show where we end up coming on our time for the show. Now to AEW news. First things first is the TNT championship belt. It has finally been finished. The final product is here. Easily said and enough. Do you guys like it? Did it do anything different for you? Or it's meh? It happened. Thoughts? It was just a mess for me. Um, granted, it was nice to see to get the official belt, but it took so long to get this official belt. It was like, uh, the belt is here. Okay, let's rock with it. Now defend it. Um, I guess it's nice. It's it's cool, but it didn't do anything for me. Um, I don't know. I don't mean to sound so blah about it, but that's how I felt about it. It's like it's like when you know something was supposed to come like two years ago, seems like, and it just showed up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I like it better in some respects that I like there's more detail to that darn centerpiece because mm-hmm. it was just so plain on that first version. I'm not a fan though of the gold over the silver. I would have kept the silver, added the detail work they added, and kept the silver on the red. I like the silver on the red better than the gold on the red. I just like that contrast better. That's just a personal thing, just the way it looks. But it's definitely an improvement. We got to remember, it's not, as I think Jamal mentioned before, when we were talking about this, this is a secondary title. It should not look like a million bucks. It needs to look a little bit, you know, not, not as glitzy, not as fancy, but... Personally, I like it silver instead of gold, but it's an improvement over what it was. It's side, note, side note, does AEW, had they start selling belts yet on their merchandise? Nah. I haven't I seen know. fancy ones. In, they, in the toys that just came out, they have okay. big platinum. I know they got that, but I've not seen like replicas of the, the full-on. Yeah, I've not seen that from them. You would have to talk to like the belt guy that would make you one. Yeah. Okay. As far as the AEW uh, TV title, 
Um, I I like it, but it's it's AEW's in a weird position for me as a whole, where they're doing some things well, but then other things are like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> we'll talk about those the other things later. As far as the belt goes, it looks like a boxing title. Mm. And I don't think that boxing titles gets as much crap for it being like 75 flags on it or the world or green and gold and silver and platinum and titanium. I mean, it's like that box, that boxing belt looks heavy as all hell. And then, of course, there's 75 different belts for the same division. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. The unified undisputed championship. Exactly. <laughs> so they have all these things, and all but all of their belts look like belts, and that's kind of the thing. It, it looks how it should look. It does not look like a world championship belt. It is a throwback to the old NWA TV title mm-hmm. or the current new old NWA TV title, which is looks like a karate belt um, that they use on power. But no, it, 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 I like it. I like the aesthetic. I like that uh, you know, big uh, Ted, the Turner's Mansion on it, in the in the detail on uh, Techwood Drive. It makes total sense. Cool. Should they have held off with it because that was what two months ago? Oh, I don't think they held off with it that long. Yeah, because the tournament, the TV title tournament, was like all of May. Yep. So yeah. I don't think they could have held off till August to get the belt together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and scrap that, you know, then. So I, I don't mind it. But again, if we're going to make a big, big deal about a second tier belt being looking like a second tier belt, then I don't know what the argument is. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do anything for me. It, it's here now. The hype like top is over. Yeah. I don't hate it. Don't love it, but it's here nonetheless. All right. Nonetheless, moving on to other AEW news. And that is some. News within moving parts of the roster. Okay, there's a lot that's going on here, so we'll kind of just try to break this down, give our thoughts on, um, on the different parts individually. But yes, news have came out that Jimmy Havoc, Bree Priestley, Sadie Gibbs have all been officially removed from the AEW website. Other talent have said that they are no longer with AEW, either whether it be appearances. Or they have, you know, been released. Nonetheless, uh, let's kind of go over this a little bit. Um, like I said, individually. So Jimmy Habit, we know, uh, was suspended because he was put into rehab. Uh, so Tony Khan came out and talked about that, which was a form of rehabilitation because of, uh, you know, doing this uh, speaking out movement. Somebody came out and talked about. Uh, which really wasn't um, the focus of that of that movement, but somebody came out to talk about an incident they had with Jimmy Habit, mm-hmm. and it started bringing up his authority. And you know, obviously, this is before AEW, but nonetheless, they did the right thing into making sure that they gave him the proper channels in order to get help sent him into rehabilitation, removing him from the show. Now, ultimately, being removed from their roster and on their website. So quickly, what does this tell you all about this scenario? Because we've seen this type of path been laid out for Sammy Guevara, who's back. Um, 
obviously these are two different things here, but nonetheless, they were both forms of rehabilitation. So we've seen where it worked for one, and now this is apparent that it did work for the other. So is there like risk management here? Is it because he didn't properly complete it? It doesn't have to do with COVID at all. It can be a number of things. Absolutely. It could be a number of things. It could totally be not getting with the program and doing whatever was expected. It could totally be with all three involved. It could totally be an issue of, okay, this is all foreign based talent and there might be issues with getting them into the country. And it could just be, okay, we're going to cut ties because we just can't deal with all this COVID stuff right now. And maybe we revisit this later. But that said, all three people involved had issues, whether it was stuff involved with speaking out. We got to remember B Priestley and uh, Will Ospreay have a lot of stuff swirling around them for past stuff. So there's stuff involved with them, just like there was with Jimmy Havoc. And Sadie Gibbs, there had been talk that she'd ever been some backstage incidents with her. So... There's definitely smoke to all these names, so it's hard to say. Could it be COVID-related? Yeah, it could be. That could have played a factor in it. Could it be personnel issues and issues with other talent? It could absolutely be that, too. Could it be you add all these things together and that's why they released them? Absolutely. I think that's absolutely possible. I think it comes down to this. Down the road, in a year, do we see any of these people back? I don't think we see Jimmy Havoc back. The ladies probably have a better chance. I don't know. I'll say this. Um, one of the biggest things when you had Mike Kyoto come on AEW as the biggest acquisition in AEW history, that might affect <laughs> some payroll there. Um, but but uh, Will, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I think it has to do with a combination of silly maybe thing. maybe if they're, you know, foreign talent or, you know, from other countries that could deal with COVID. Um, honestly, you could think about the value of what they've done, like Jimmy Havoc. I, I know I watch AEW. I probably didn't even think of Jimmy Havoc like two or three months even before COVID, that he wasn't even featured like that. I mean, he had his matches here and there. But, you know, with these people, it's, it's I don't mean to say this in a disrespectful way, but you're not going to miss them based on how programming was going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and once again, when you're at that point of an insanity, when you're literally in your top heel stable, for your company, you might put a little bit more investment in something that's going to make you money or be on routine TV. Um, and that's just the business side of it, especially if you have to make cutbacks anyway in certain aspects. You know, why not now? I think you will see the ladies back at some point in the future when things get back to a somewhat normalcy. Um, but, Will, you hit it up the, the nail on the head of what I would say. Um, uh, it's just unfortunate that, of course, if the, the rehab thing was a part of it, um, but you got to give respect for AEW for at least, you know, taking time with it to try to support it in a way. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about AEW right now is the uh, hindsight. I don't want to say hypocrisy yet, but definitely the hindsight that in, in hindsight, a lot of their moves are really being questioned. They, they put Sammy through the ringer um, and they suspend him a month. Uh, without pay, donated his funds to a women's shelter for things that he said many years ago. Okay, fine. Cool. If that's what it is, that's what it is. They suspend Jimmy Havoc indefinitely and order him to rehab. We don't know if he's still in the country or not. Um, But, okay, cool. It it is what it is. Sammy came back, um, and, and though they never really officially addressed his absence, 
it was kind of the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair, fair enough. Wait, they did, put, they, official, they, they did they, put out an official statement, but they never really said anything on TV about it. Yeah, I mean, but should they have? Tony Khan came out of his mouth and said, said it was what it was. I mean, Tony, Tony Khan come out and talk about everything else. Why can't he talk about that? But I don't understand why. I'm not saying that he, be, why does he need to be programming? But I don't because it's shouldn't it be odd that the the biggest faction on TV is suddenly missing a guy and no it, one seems it's like he he goes into a closet and we don't see him for three a month and then he comes back and people go oh where you been? Yeah, I, I get that, but then once <laughs> you do that, then you, you're creating something serious and and starting to make it a storyline. And then the legitimacy well, goes out of the window. Wrestling? Here. Yeah, but, but wrestling. Yeah, but, but also 2020, in a, in a state of this movement happening, you have to address it as such. It is be, it's above wrestling. That's why I feel like when, when something's said by Tony Khan, you have to take it with a grain of salt because that's your head person speaking on something. You know, mm-hmm. so if it had to just been Jim Ross saying it, uh, who the hell would have cared? <laughs> no one would have took it for anything. You know what I right. mean? Either, so- either way, I'm not saying that they had to say something, but they did release, uh, you know, did, did a press release and they were pretty mm-hmm. transparent in the press release about their punishment for Sammy and their punishment for Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. Where was this transparency when, in, with Excalibur's thing? Or did all of a sudden he coincidentally booked a trip to Disney World? <laughs> I mean, was that, was that said? No, no, it wasn't. Oh. Nothing was said. Oh, no, it was absolutely. just disappeared. Oh, yeah, absolutely zero was right. So uh, Excalibur, somewhere between his home in Southern California and Jacksonville, Florida, went yeah. missing, and no one said anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, I'm not saying that you can't because obviously you can do whatever you want when you own the company. Mm-hmm. But it is a bit hypocritical for you to publicly address, admonish Sammy, because Tony Khan definitely said, like, yo, I don't care when it was. That shit is, that shit is crazy. You can't be saying shit like that. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. It's not about making an example. This is the rule, and we're going to apply it every single time. Paraphrasing, of course. Jimmy Havoc, same deal. Different set of circumstances, but we're still going to you know, punish him because that's what it is, and this is the company that we, the standards of the company that we have. Excalibur says some shit. 17 years ago, but it is what it is. Oh, but he got abducted though. He's not nobody saw where he went. Can't find his mask or anything. <laughs> nobody said anything on commentary. Where did he go? A sick day? Does he have COVID? They'll mention that they yeah, took but, 20 COVID tests, but nobody's seen a caliber in three weeks. Yeah, but then then Tony Schiavone disappear at a point too. Um, and they um, they they uh, mentioned that he was gone for uh for a COVID thing. Okay. So when, when when QT Marshall and his people were were gone, they meant like, yo, yo QT, we hope he's doing better, but he right. was gone for COVID reasons. When Tony Schiavone missed that one uh, missed that one show because his wife got injured in a thing, oh, right. thoughts and prayers out to Lois. When he missed I, the show, hey, he was around somebody that may have to think. Excalibur says some shit. We don't hear a word. Yeah, but also Excalibur dismissed himself. He took a he took a personal day off, as far as I'm understanding. So it'd be different. Yeah, like it'd been different if he had been given the hey, take 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 a uh take a quick 10. But instead, he took his own time. So if it's personal time, then I don't think it, especially for my job, if I take a day off, it's not for anybody's concern as to why. 
Hmm. So okay, yeah, I guess that, that that is true. If if he stepped away on his own, as opposed to being suspended or sent away, like like a uh, like right. Sammy Guevara was, it's a totally different deal. He was like, "Look, yep. this is bad. I'm going to go away for a month. Just yeah. and, I'll be back in a month or whatever." Oh, he would do that to their own know. self, though. No, but, Jamal, but no think, one said think, anything, though. But yeah, Jamal, I see what you're saying. It's suspicious of the timing off of when it happened. Like, oh, right. yeah, that house is burning. Oh, so all of a sudden, somebody didn't show up to work. Did he die? Like, what happened? Right. No one's going to say anything about this? And, so. and, and, and even still, whether they address it on television or not is honestly irrelevant, so I'll concede that point. But the idea is that the video comes out literally the week of, because I think Dynamite was live that week. Yeah. We ain't hear any thoughts the problem. And then the Dynamite after, because it's that week was taped. Okay, we'll give you that. But he, was, he didn't do that, nor did he do Dark. He literally vanished. The aliens got him. They're on the moon playing with the Transformers. We don't know where he went. And then all of a sudden, if he comes back, because the rumor is he's supposed to be come, coming back on the 26th or something like that, um, it's just like, oh, hey, guys, welcome to Dynamite. Right? Don't ask where I've been. I can't tell you. And, 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 and it's fine, because if he did take a leave of absence or if he did go on vacation, he could be in Bore Bore. That's fine. He doesn't have to explain any of that. But the idea is that is suspicious as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it again, is, I can imagine being, you know, uh, working next to him and being like, well, has Calvary come to work today? And everybody's like, no, nah, I didn't see him. Everybody's like, right. All right. <laughs> That's called AWOL in my job. Yeah, it definitely right. is. Yeah. <laughs> send, send the federal agents to his house right now. <laughs> For two tapings in a row? Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> sus. And then, of course, at least to the hypocrisy of Jimmy Havoc, again, if they do just kind of uh, you know, whiteboard erase him with one fellow swoop, all right, well, we just going to take him off the website. Okay, well, maybe we just want to like we don't need to we don't need to know his personal you know effects or anything like that. Yeah, but I think it is a bit hypocritical that they publicly denounce the actions of Sammy and publicly announce his punishments and then slowly erase Jimmy Havoc from this from the scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Again, th- these are different circumstances in my eye. I mean, I think the Sammy Guevara thing was handled the way it should have been handled. I also, think the Jimmy Havoc thing was handled. From AWN, the way it had to be handled, he must have did something on the end where it didn't work. And, and not we don't mention, even know what that is. But if he's fired, yeah, take exactly. fire and move on. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah, we, or, we, we need the uh, future endeavor announcement. We yeah, need the, exactly. we we haven't got that. The, the we wish you best in your future endeavors, like we would always get from uh, the other companies. Yeah, Tony right. Khan's not shy from answering any press questions, so that's that's to become. Except what happened to Kelly Ray? He won't answer that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's an episode of Unsolved Mysteries for someone down down the road. <laughs> and, all those, and all those cases are being reopened right now. Little if you know it or not. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, anybody that tries to come for me, I checked on Damien today, and I already know where Damien's at. So Damien didn't AWOL us. Thank you. <laughs> Jamal, let's get to our news and we can wrap up the show for tonight. All right, so I'll make it quick. Um, if you are have been watching Dynamite and following the storyline, uh, MJF ugh, is um, going after John Moxley, ugh, and that's going to be their big thing at All Out, which is Labor Day weekend. Cool, uh, but to MJF's credit, he has started the Change.org petition to eliminate the paradigm shift. Um, John Moxley's very sloppy double arm DDT 
that he borrowed from Mick Foley. Um, he's trying to get him to not use that ever again. And this is a change.org position that is available right now that you can uh, sign. Um, and, and nearly 2,000 people have signed it. Uh, for And it's, so I thought that was a cute little thing uh, to keep the kayfabe rolling right along. So we talked about uh, SummerSlam in your house, except it's in your Amway Center right now in Orlando. Apparently, before, the idea was going to be filming it on a beach, which would have been cool, on a cruise, which would have not been cool, uh, or in Atlantic City, which would have been somewhere between the beach and the cruise. I don't know where I feel about that. Uh, but apparently, they are going to uh, you know, move out of the Performance Center and allow uh, the Amway Arena to make them do what they need to do. Uh, I'm very interested, as we talked about earlier, to see what would happen. I still think the SummerSlam kind of gets discredited as the second biggest event of the year outside of WrestleMania. Um, it's the last big event of the of it's, it's the last big event of the summer, sure, but because Survivor Series really doesn't count. Uh, but it's like the biggest last big event of the year, and they really should make a big deal about it. But again, we'll have to see what happens. SummerSlam, which is happening the weekend of AEW Dynamite, moving to Saturday. Oops. Um, takeover, uh, which is happening in the uh, Takeover 30. I was at uh, Takeover Bridgeport, also the 25th one. But Takeover 30 is happening at the, at the uh, Full Sail. Cool. And that's happening about an hour after Dynamite starts. Now, these are things that I don't know. Will Dynamite be live? Hold on. It's not going to be live. It's going to be, it's being taped actually today. But what is interesting is is dynamite will be on they're shooting for six o'clock but that's dependent on the nba game right before. so it could what be happens, back later what what time out, time out. this is what? this is happening on a wednesday no, saturday. saturday oh that's right that's right because next yeah, week I got you. there is that's no right. aew on wednesday night that's right that's they're not right. on that's again until right. saturday which honestly i did not think they did a great job of getting that out last night Promoting they mentioned it, it but they should have hammered it Really hard. I quick, quick, quick question, Jamal. Before we finish, do you feel like that's because they were f- afraid to promote it for Saturday? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, uh, so, so the big thing about uh, Dynamite being on the same day as Takeover, which is also around the same day that WWE runs the you know, brings in their full European uh, spectrum. I think some stuff happens this weekend, and some other stuff happens next weekend. Uh, where they're bringing out, slowly bringing out the European stuff on the WWE Network. It's not a war, and we're totally not counter-programming, just so you know. (laughs) But the big thing about um, AEW on Saturday is, with the NBA's numbers being whatever they're going to be, and games are on all the time, but honestly, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to watch. If you're a fan of a West Coast team, and you're actually on the West Coast, did you wake up at 10 a.m. to see the Lakers game? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, so that it's been kind of a weird run for the NBA, and hockey has been just as weird, but a lot better presented. Now the question is, now the question is, you know, with Dynamite running on a Saturday night and TakeOver happening at the exact same time, how well will this affect the ratings? And it, as you remember, SmackDown had uh, moved to Fox Sports 1 with that one time that they yeah. had to because of playoff yeah. baseball, I believe. World yep. Series. Yep. Uh, right, right. 
No one watched. They went from like, you know, a three to 88,000. Yeah. And I'm not saying that AEW is going to do the same thing because it's still on the same network. And I think that AEW's fans are a little bit smarter about, you know, are about the routine. It's not just set your DVR and forget about it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, and, and with the NBA as a lead-in, because that is an important bit of the two, I would depend on what game it is, it could be a very big number for AEW to do. And what would be most interesting is if AEW blows TakeOver out of the water. Now, granted, you can't compare the network to a live cable show. That's very, very interesting to me to see how well AEW does with an NBA lead-in, which has never happened before, going up against TakeOver, which is definitely NXT's best work. So um, Saturday is going to be very, very interesting. The last thing I have in news is kind of a wow. And the, basically, it's about Rusev and Lana. Now, <laughs> now you know, Lana, um, also known as Catherine, and Miroslav, also known as Rusev, uh, have been married. And one of oh, the, no. the greatest... Oh, no. what, what's Lana's real name? Uh, CJ, but Catherine. Oh, I was going to say, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It threw me off um, for a second. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Rusev and Lana are, you know, in, in on vacation in Bulgaria. Cool. How did they get out of the country? But cool. <laughs> I mean, well, Rusev is a citizen, so that would be, you know, either way. Dang. They both, but still. They both are, actually. Of Bulgaria? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, what, did, did, I don't think well, she, lived, she, lived, she lived over in Russia when she was a teen. Yeah, Russia, well, yeah. Like, she yeah. grew up in, and I, I know she no, I, not Russia, Latvia. Yeah, I thought once they got married, that was like her next bit. Or was it Rusev that became an American citizen? One of them got citizenship, and it was like a big thing. Well, I don't know, I don't know, but I could have, I can't imagine Lana clamoring to leave Florida to go be a Bulgarian citizen. Yeah, I think it was for Rusev when he became a citizen. It was yeah. Okay. Okay. That that makes sense. But either either way, if that's the case, good for you, Lana, and good for the people of Bulgaria. They they will surely welcome yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was Rusev last September. Yeah. Yep. So either way, they had that memorable entrance in WrestleMania 31 in uh, uh, Bay Area, I believe, uh, where Rusev came out in a goddamn tank. Yes. One the of the greatest entrances ever. Period. So Ryan Satin back in uh, November of last year tweeted out, and I quote, Rusev apparently tried to have sex with Lana in the WrestleMania 31 tank. <laughs> now we know why his head wasn't in the game when he lost to John Cena. But he had, Rusev, already, won the, he had already won the day. Rusev yep. responded with, tried, question mark, exclamation <laughs> point. So, Rusev, even a defeat, still a winner. And that's the news for this week. He's a winner in life. <laughs> Goddamn right he is. <laughs> what a Rusev day. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That would have been the best result. Oh, nice. All right. So, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, yeah, Saturday is going to be super interesting, uh, all things considered, uh, with AEW. That's next Saturday. Next Saturday. Uh, right. Yeah. Next Saturday. Yeah, this, this week yeah. is done. 
in 10 days, we will see, or nine days, we will see another. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, that's yeah, why I'm like, yeah. I'm really curious to see how they get the word out about this right. next week. NXT didn't crack the top 50. No, it didn't. Wow. Will they do better with no competition on Wednesday? That's right. We'll set to see. And, and, going, and they're, they're, yeah, this is like their go-home show for TakeOver, yeah? Yeah, it is. It is. It's Saturday. Yeah. So what an interesting development uh, as it relates to the ratings. NXT and a go-home show with no competition coming off of a downtick from last week. Mm-hmm. AEW, with their longest stretch between shows of 10 days, mm-hmm. going from Wednesday to next Saturday, going up against that TakeOver, but they have the NBA to help. And if you don't think that AEW isn't being, um, I would be very surprised that AEW isn't being, uh, money being spent on AEW to advertise on HBO Max, HBO Go, uh, Cartoon Network, Court TV, True TV, all of it. Crunchyroll. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Well, if I'm AEW, I'd be making damn sure. I mean, they're taping this whole thing today, supposedly. I'd want whatever the hell that first segment is that's going to come on after the NBA. It needs to be hot. To hopefully well, attract you, people to you stick need with. You to have Chris Jericho on the NBA with Ernie jo- Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith and all of them. Yeah, not shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being it's not going to be a live show, you could totally have whoever they. Yeah, no, no, not, not like the night game. of. Not, not the night of. Hey, but... this is funny right here. That means Cartoon Network. Well, they did a Rick and Morty episode, so. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, speaking of Rick and Morty, I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, we were calling for the cancellation of that. In other news, but nonetheless, before we get out of here, also, uh, if 2020 was a person, it is absolutely Booker T. Because he's giving zero fucks about anything right now. <laughs> Hearing him talk about Dixie Carter. Every, everybody the funniest thing. Yeah, every... <laughs> It's literally the funniest thing ever. Dizzy Carter is living her best milk dream. Was living her best milk dream. Can only imagine what that means. You have got to uh, to uh, listen to his podcast. He's he's having a good time here. Anyway, we're out. That's it for our podcast for tonight. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday unless the NBA bumps us, but uh, probably not because they're not important. But so we will be here live on Twitter, and if not on all audio platforms, we catch all your your podcasts. News, um, wherever you get your podcast news or subscription, whatever it may be. And obviously, you can get your news from us and our recent podcast at BigGoBellGroup.com. Anyway, we're out. See y'all later. But I really-